Welcome to Medford's Best Podcast, and I am Mark Roberts, and it's a President's Day. President's Day emergency, national emergency. We're celebrating with a national emergency podcast, and uh, I'm with my friend Ken. He's calling in on his uh, rural broadband connection. How does that work? You have a satellite internet. I'm going to guess you have satellite TV as well. Is that true? That's that's correct, because, you know, we live in a field, remember? Right. So yeah, so rural broadband was the war cry of our uh, Democratic congressional contender in the race I was part of. So you're r- rural, and you have broadband, and you're able to watch TV. Is that true or false? Yes. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, we can. We, wa- we watch TV. We can get Netflix, but Netflix is just so low. loads so slow, it's you know not worth waiting for. So those are the limitations of of rural living there are some limitations okay yeah. you know it's uh but uh nothing nothing, nothing that you that can't get over from living in the in a rural environment. yeah we're here to celebrate this national emergency now this is uh we're doing this at ten fifty three my time if we did this at night i'd be celebrating with a mojito which is a cuban thing not a mexican thing right you're more of the mexico guy than me do they serve mojitos in Mexico? You know, I never had a mo- I never had a mojito when I was in Mexico. I pretty much just drank beer. Okay, well, in the spirit of Trump, I mean, uh, I'm going to go with Cuba on the mojito. And uh... the last time I had a mojito was in Virginia. <laughs> oh, really? That's like Cuba, isn't it? Listen, listen. I'm going to go mojito, Cuba, Mexico. There's a connection there of Spain. Why make friends when you can make enemies, right? Maybe Trump thinks uh, not, not having enough KFC is an emerge, national emergency. I don't know. what What's he doing? <laughs> all right. So let's talk. I, so I, I let you do all the intellectual work on this, and I looked at the Wikipedia page on the Mexico-United States barrier, and I looked at a bunch of pictures, and the one thing I found kind of striking was that I would have thought this thing was much older than it is. I would have thought there would have been a wall maybe for the last 40 or 50 years, but the reality is it was started back in 1994, so the barrier is only 24 years old. Well, now wait a minute. You know, there have been barriers. There have been barriers long before uh, before the, that uh, congressional thing was passed for for a something something barriers deal. It was nineteen ninety four, nineteen ninety six, somewhere in there. There's a but, there's a bunch of you know, them. They, that they, they they just added they add, They've been putting up fences for, uh, since since the Spanish American War. Oh really? Okay. But uh, but the the. It's not a it's not a practical concept because you get wrapped up with with uh, states and and federal overlays because uh, Texas, as we've talked about before, Texas is 97 percent of all of the land in Texas is not owned by the federal government. So along the border and I saw that um in in one of the pictures hold on in one of the pictures I saw you could see as soon as it went from Arizona to Mexico right at the border between Arizona and Mexico it went from federal to private land for a long ways like all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico right right and uh, with the exception of the uh, Big Bend uh, National Park and 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 who's going to build a wall you know really uh, 
through mountains and rugged terrain and they're going to put some kind of wall who's going to go there no one's going to go there no one's climbing a mountain to get out of mexico you know that well there are natural so. there are natural barriers yes yeah yeah like like the rio grande and there's issues of crossing deserts you know the equivalent of the sahara if you go through parts of arizona it's up and down and around and rocks yeah or and... even even cal even cal even california i used to fly into uh mexicali i check in on mexicali I had to fly in could fly directly into a mexico fly over when you fly over that part of california you might as well be flying over mars or the moon you know there's nothing out there no one's going right. out. no one's going through there now i have crossed the border in three places in tijuana Mexicali, Calexico. I've been into Calexico and at what's that place down in uh, Texas? Uh, the big border crossing starts with a M. McCollum. Yeah, and uh, every time I crossed the border, way back in the '90s, starting there was lots of fencing, lots of law enforcement. I didn't see anybody rushing the USA to save their lives. I saw sewage rushing into the United States in Calexico. That was the greenest, fluorescent, disgusting, pure waste running right into America. No way to stop it. That was, but that was that was our fault too, because that isn't that from uh, what's the name of that that uh, the Salton Sea, and that part of that little chain of events. And when they when they uh, when they drain that swamp, they they screwed everything up. I have no idea. Salton Sea is quite a ways away from uh, the border. Uh yeah, the deal is that. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It had something to do with the Salton Sea. They drained it, and they now they don't, they don't have. It's kind of like the Aral Sea in in uh, Russia. Russia, yeah. They, you know, the Aral Aral Sea. They drained the Aral Sea to to plant cotton, and it created an environmental disaster. It's unbelievable. Now they're trying to restore it. You know, as now we haven't restored the Salton Sea. We we dealt with some kind of engineering project that went awry, and it, you know, like uh, the Everglades is another one. You know, if you go to the Everglades, the Everglades, they, the Everglades have been all screwed up because they decided to put some kind of canal down there, and they've they've been trying to straighten that up now for the last 90 years, and it's not happening. It's it's still a it's still a disaster, but the fishing is still good down there, though. You know, so anyway, good. it's what do we do? It's what we do. We go out and screw things up. And then we don't fix it. Right. So uh, give me the details on the barrier. Give me your thoughts on this impending disaster. There's over 500 miles of wall. There's over 500 miles of fencing now along the border. The problem that they have is that they can't get, they wanted to hire another 6,500, the president promised, Trump promised that he was going to hire 6,500 new uh, border, border agents and two and two and a half years have passed by now, and we have a net gain of 32. No one wants to work in the middle of nowhere, no matter how much you pay them. You're going to go out and work in some lost, strange desert, nothing, <laughs> away from any form of civilization. Who's going to do that job? Nobody wants that job. And you got to learn to speak Spanish too. You don't have to learn to speak anything because, no, no, you need to learn to speak coyote because you're not going to see any human beings. All you're going to see is dirt, dust, snakes, and uh, an occasional coyote. Scraggly looking thing, you know, that has nothing to eat. I mean, that, there's nothing there. You get to randomly shoot your gun. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. 
Yeah, you randomly shoot your gun. Yeah, so that's it. You know, so and and look, you know the the wages for border people are fifty-two thousand a year. You want a fifty-two thousand dollar a year job with uh, with all the benefits and no place to spend it. You know, you can do border patrol because that's where you're going to be. You're going to be out in the middle of nowhere, out in the new middle of nothing. You know, and the best thing that you can do is uh, become corrupt and take money from coyotes to help people get into the country and and sit back and and. The difference between the Mexican Mexican border patrol is that the Mexicans admit that they are corrupt. The U.S. guys they don't admit it, but they're still corrupt. You know, you're still gonna do they're still gonna do deals. You know, if some drug lord comes by and tells you, "Hey, man, we're gonna move a truckload of uh, cocaine down down this road," oh oh really? You're gonna say, "Oh yeah." Uh, no, oh no, you and your army with automatic weapons? No, you're not going to be able to do that. We're not going to let you do that. Right. No, what we need are, you know, we need, and Congress has it right. Congress is talking about having uh, drones, mm-hmm. having people watch from a warehouse in Fremont, California. You know, it's like that's where you want to watch the border from. You don't want to watch the border standing there. When you stand out on a border, all you do is you become part of the problem of the corruption that goes along with anything else that happens on the border. You're going to be helping cut a hole through the fence because somebody's going to give you some money. Are you going to take the money or are you going to have everyone die? Make any sense. It's got to be a remote control deal. You know, that's the only way you can do it. And the other thing is that look at look at El Chapo. Is it El Chapo? Yeah. Chapo Shorty? Shorty got, get Shorty, man. They got Shorty. He, what, he, what did he do? He dug a mile-long tunnel, mile and a half. There's probably more tunnels underneath what they have now than anything they can imagine. Just the stupidest idea that you know that was that was all a ruse anyway. It's from, from what I, uh, they just wanted they want who was it? Uh, uh, Bannon, Trump the wall as a talking point so he wouldn't forget to talk about border uh, border control, mm-hmm. and and Trump in his in his brilliance converted that into let's build a wall and and he got everybody ripped up on it because he's dealing with all of these uh, sub geniuses that uh, that exist in the country genius definitely sub genius anyway uh, it's, it's it's crazy it's a crazy idea it's a crazy idea and it's a sad state of hysteria you know I, I used to drive <laughs> uh, we do we have a border but we have a we have a, a border protection area that's 30 miles i believe it's 30 miles wide all around the all around the country all around any border that we have we have a 30 30 miles with that the border patrol patrols on the mexican side they have a they have a uh, it's called the frontier when you drive to mexico when you drive to mexico city or, or used to i don't know if they still have it set up the same way but i, I think it is you drive to drive to mexico city you drive across the mexican border and now you're in Mexico, and 40 miles later, you're going to come to another stop where they have a border checkpoint, you know, and, and they're going to, and they want to talk to you. You know, that's because they have, they have this no man's land. And why? Well, because we've gone to war with Mexico a couple times. We've invaded Mexico a couple times. So, yeah, Mexico is a little, has a, has a good relationship with us, but, you know, they're a, they're a little concerned that that could happen again, mm-hmm. you know. So 
They have they have their protection. We have our protection. Sixty miles of land that's that's being that's being monitored by the Mexicans on their side and by the U.S. on our side. It's pretty well taken care of. I'm looking of. at the Border Patrol Air and Marine assets, so let's just leave the Marine assets out. But we got, I can't find the fleet, but we got King Airs, Cessna 206, Citation 550, uh, Bombardier DH-8, which is a twin turboprop, Pilatus PC-12, another twin turboprop, Lockheed Martin P-3, early air warning, uh, another type of uh, P-3, and we've got some Predators, different, a couple different variants of Predators. And then we go to Rotary Wing. we got A-Stars. we got uh, an advanced version of an A-Star called a EC-120. Uh, we got two different variants of UHNs. we got Blackhawks, Sikorsky S-76s, which are the two, you know, Trump owns two, helicop- two S-76s. They're like executive helicopters. Wow. So... It seems that we got a, a pretty uh, robust aviation system already in place. That's a lot of money right there. That is a lot of money, but you know what? I mean, but you know they can shift it down to drones because drones drones cost less. They're, they uh, there's no human flying it, and uh, and they can be controlled from a air conditioned air conditioned building. I got to tell you, you know, I I flew from uh, I flew my plane from uh, well a couple more than once, but from Palm Springs to El Paso and you fly, basically you're flying along the border. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, you, by, you, you know, uh, in fact, I had it on autopilot and, and uh, control called me up and asked me if I was uh, changing my plans because the, the autopilot, the old autopilot, it, it tended to every once in a while start making right-hand turns. And so I was, you know, flying east, so I was making a right-hand turn, and the plane was going into Me- – I was reading a book, and it was like – because it was – I, I got to tell you, between Palm Springs and El Paso, there's there's nothing. There's nobody to talk to. I didn't see another plane. I, I, I didn't see anything. I was flying at – I think I was flying at 8,000 feet, something like that, seven or 8,000 feet. And I was at – just not on a flight plan, autopilot, and just just go. Nobody to talk to, nothing going on, no planes, no nothing. You see nothing. You look down and you see nothing. Every once in a while you see a dirt road, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm still there. You know, but, you know so, you know, there's this whole area out there. Why would you, why would you spend, why would you waste money building something in the middle of nowhere? doesn't make any sense. just makes no sense. Nobody's going there. No one's picking anyone the up. The thing about it is there's this political impact that, that, that Trump made to his minions, and we know that his base is the dumbest element of America. They're the the lowest paid element and the least educated. I mean, those are just stats, just like the stats that the Border Patrol and ICE have. Well, not, 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 enti- not, ent- not entirely. Okay. Not entirely. But it's it's slowly devolving to that because now I don't know if you saw the recent I've been reading about the tax returns and screwed the average taxpayer. Well, one lady last is paying five thousand dollars more than she she's ever paid in taxes, and that seems to be uh, you know the the gift from Trump. And she's not voting for him again, so she had a good job, and so, so she changed her mind about Trump. You know, the 401k people, you know, like uh, like that that uh, unfriended me 
was uh, you know all about her all about her 401k and thought Trump was great. Well, I wonder how great she thinks now that she's getting her tax return back. You know, I, I bet she's going to be changing her tune pretty quickly. You know, when she finds out that she's paying a lot more in taxes. Oh, oops. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh well. <laughs> well, you know what? You get what you pay for, yeah. But there, there's also stats. You know, Trump has his own secret stats. Uh, this is America. We have transparency. You know, you can look all these stats up. The uh, border invasion, so to speak, peaked in the Obama years. Obama was this the secret warrior when it came to turning people around the border, and now those numbers are way down. And that's that's the whole audacity of this national emergency yeah. is that there is no emergency. And but Trump promised this wall to his minions, no and it's not going to happen because the Democrats are going to stall it. And you know, come twenty twenty, the build that wall, Mister Gorbachev, isn't going to happen. They're going to come back on him. Yeah. Well, you know, here and I think about it. You know, I, I think I've mentioned this to you before. Is that the uh, uh, during the Eisenhower administration, uh, Eisenhower sent two million Mexicans back to Mexico. But, uh, you know, and so they started using that uh, when when Trump first started, when Trump first got in and first started talking about that, they started leaning on on this Eisenhower story. Well, but I, I know what was going on. What happened was the president of Mexico begged the United States to send back as many workers that were in the United States as possible because they needed them because they, the, at that time, at that particular time, the Mexican economy was starting to boom. They they were going through a little boom. Their their roller coaster ride in Mexico is a lot different than it is here. It it really goes up and down and it, it more sharply than it has a tendency to do here. So, you know, they had a they had a period where they needed a lot of people and the Mexicans that were here were more than happy to go back to Mexico to good paying jobs, to live in the country of they could uh, where they could get good Mexican food. Jeez, you know, they go Go back to Mexico, but but you know, and then, and then they stopped talking about. It. They stopped talking about it. All of a sudden, you know, Republicans stopped talking about it as soon as they went. Oh, really? Oh, is that what happened? Oh, well, we can't talk about that because, you know, we we just want to think as we want to think as Mexicans because they're brown people and they speak a different language. We want to think of them as subhuman, you know, and we we don't want it. We don't want to think that they could ever possibly do well on their own, you know. Mostly people uh, that I, I will guarantee you that out of I I would bet that. You would be very hard pressed to find a Trump voter who has ever been, lived, or spent any time in Mexico City. No. The what was the most populous, the most populous city on planet Earth, one of the most sophisticated places anywhere. Number three, if you're studying art, if you study art, the choices are Paris, Mexico City, New York. In that order. That's where you go to study art. Because Mexico City is replete with places and things and beautiful buildings and architecture and just just a lot of stuff. I was in I belonged to the Deportivo Chapultepec in 1967. Uh, Deportivo Chapultepec is a sports club in Mexico City. That's where they had the 1968 Olympics right in Mexico City. And I got to tell you, I have yet to be in any club anywhere in the United States that holds a candle to it at all. It was enormous. It was huge. It was beautiful. It was well swimming pools, indoor tracks, indoor bicycle tracks. You name it, they had it. 
You know, they have a, they have a, there is a, there is an enormous amount of wealth in Mexico that, that we just don't recognize because all we see are indigents coming across the border who are starving to death. And right now, the people that are coming across the border are not from Mexico at all. They're from Honduras. They're from El Salvador. They're from Nicaragua. They're from Panama. They're from all the places that don't have that Elliot Abrams help get arms down to it. You know, Elliot Abrams just got hired as the uh, special envoy to, what do you think he's going to be doing? He's going to be selling arms to the Venezuelans. That's his job. That's what he did during the Iran Contra. He's the guy that helped arm, he along with Oliver North, two of the guys that helped arm the arm the Contras in, uh, in Honduras taught them how to use guns, taught them how to be paramilitary, and then we left them behind, and what did they do? They became gangs, they became gangsters, they became drug lords, and they started killing anyone who was not on their team. And that's why, that's why in, I think it was 1980-something, 1980, maybe like 1982 or 1983, somewhere around there, I was up in Clear Lake fishing with, you remember Halibut Smith, yeah? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you remember him I or do. not. <laughs> I went fishing. I went fishing with him up in up in Clear Lake, and we went at the crack of dawn. We we went through an orchard to, to because he knew where a liquor store was where we could park. The, we parked the rental boat that we had and started walking through this orchard. And as the sun was coming up through the fog in this in this orchard, people were jumping out of the trees like really surreal real I say well what is this all about and i looked at him and you know one of this guy guy jumped down like right in my face you know and it's like hey man you know and i looked at him and i went oh que pasó? you know and, and we started talking in spanish yeah find out the guy's from honduras why are you here living in a tree and he said it's the only safe place i can be they're killing everyone they killed my family right. they killed his family they're killing everyone you know the US was down there exterminating people you know that's what they were doing and so they were they fled they fled up here they fled they hid in trees living in a tree anyway living in a tree. right the most famous killing in the back in the El Salvador days obviously when they mowed down a group of nuns that was that was clever that won them a lot of fans i remember that yeah that was that made but you know we do, we do this stuff, and and what you know what's at the bottom of all that is you know what it is is guess what it's all about selling arms. What got what got Obama in trouble? Oh, wasn't there something about selling arms to people south of the border? Didn't he have some Fast and Furious thing that had some kind of armament deal? Weren't there guns involved? Wasn't there armament? Guns are profitable. Their uh, weapons are profitable. There's no doubt about that. Weapons, oil. What else breeds? What else breeds insanity? Weapons, oil, opium, drugs. The opium well, trade. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, drugs, guns, and uh, drugs, guns, sex. <laughs> right. Rock and roll doesn't count. That rock and roll doesn't make any money. But rock and roll doesn't make money like that. All right, Ken. Well, it's it's been a fantastic emergency podcast. I want to uh, I want to congratulate you. Not only are you a cow farmer, which we mentioned last time, you have a you had a, a herd of goats and they're doing their thing. How many goats do you got? I know you got an addition to the family. What's the grand total? Uh, actually, it's we refer to it as a tribe. We heard, Are uh, they we Jewish? Have, we have a herd of cattle. We have a tribe of goats. <laughs> they, you know, uh, they might they might be. You know, I th I know Abraham had four thousand. Okay. So you know, uh, and he became a Jew. Wasn't he the first yes. Jew? Tribe of Abraham. Abraham. Did he? Become, tribe of Abraham. Yeah. I, 
he was he was uh, Sumerian, and then he didn't he like found Judaism. I'm not good on biblical stuff. I can't. Anyway, I, yeah, we we have a. I think we have around thirty something now. No shit. We had seven in the last couple of days, and we're expect and we're expecting a couple more, a few more. Yeah, that was that, that's uh. We have a we have a you know a tribe and then we have sub tribes. It's kind of like a because uh, I have two bucks that are working and uh, they can work ten does each. So uh, buddies, Nacho's Nacho's tribe is starting to put out right now. Every 154 days we get more we get more goats. And what are you gonna do with all these goats at the? And they're delicious. They're delicious. <laughs> but you can't eat 20 goats. That's a lot of goat meat for two people. No, no, we sell them. Oh, okay. You know, we, sell, okay. We, we, sell, we, we sell them. Anyone want to buy a goat, we have goats. We have Spanish goats, and we have Spanish. They're the I, I believe that for us property, it's ways to take care of your property because they will graze, and they will they'll clean up they'll clean up all the underbrush, and they'll keep just at golf course level. <laughs> and they just do a wonderful job. Fertilize at the same time. Since you're plugging your commodities, how can people con? You have a Facebook page, Sand Spring Ranch or something. Sand, Sand Spring, Sand Spring Ranch. All right. So if there's anybody out there that wants to eat a fresh goat, Sand Spring Ranch on Facebook. A Spanish goat. Spanish goat. Now we sell. We we sell. Uh, the best thing for a small property owner is uh, maybe a pair of weathers. Because they need buddies, they have to have a pal. Otherwise, they will die of loneliness. Explain what a weather a is. A is a neutered male, so they don't have issues. They don't have issues trying to uh, trying to find someone to party with. They just they just want to hang out and eat and do their thing. Right on. Yeah, they're really they're wonderful. Oh, and you know, and you can see them. I, you can see. I don't know if you've looked lately, but on Sand Spring Ranch, we. Uh, in fact, I just had to go feed one. Well, one of my one of my Nubian girls had triplets, and because they only have two nipples, that third one the third one was a little smaller, so she keeps on getting pushed off, so she wasn't getting enough to eat. So we have to feed her by hand for a couple months until she gets uh, until she's on her own. But they're all fun. All right. Well, I'm gonna bid you good day and happy uh, farming. Uh, happy President's Day. Thank we're you. We're celebrating 44 here. We're celebrating 44 presidents. The other one we'll wait for. You're uh, not alone. National Clown Day. I think it's August. 3rd. August 3rd is National Clown Day. Okay. So we can celebrate him. Dress up with an orange spray tan machine. A little. Put on your orange hair. <laughs> <laughs> put on your orange hat. Put on your orange hat and your clown nose, and you're ready to go. All right. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go help my wife move some, move some, move some goats. Okay. Okay. Talk to you later. All right. Have a good one.